Glad to see y'all here this morning. Glad to be with you. The series we're going through right now is called Flirting with Disaster, and we're talking about all different kinds of sins that people flirt with, different kinds of sins that people struggle with and deal with and mess with. And, you know, in thinking about all these sins that we're covering in this, I was thinking about the way I think about sin. What What is the sin in your mind that, just above every other sin, you just think that's just despicable. I mean, just think about that for a moment. What is it you think about when you, when you think about sin and you go, you know what? I mean, it, that's just the top sin. I mean, that's, if there's one that's despicable, that's the one I hate. Can you think of one? I think most of us can. Sex trafficking of young children. Well, that's a despicable, horrible thing, isn't it? You know, there's a lot of terrible things that go on in this world. Now, let me change the question a little bit. What do you think, in God's eyes, is the most despicable sin? The thing that He hates more than anything else. Is your answer different? Or is it the same? You know... The topic of pride, which is what I've been given, is, uh, is one that I don't think you can hardly turn a page in the Bible without finding something about pride and humility. They're just almost on every single page of the Bible. When I teach, uh, when I do teacher training and help people learn to preach and things like that, one of the things I often tell people is, you know, you don't need scriptures that say the same thing. If God says it once, you can use that one scripture and you don't have to quote every verse in the Bible that says the same thing. And normally I don't do that, but I want to show you, and this isn't near all of them, but I want to show you a list as we get started of just some of the things that God says about pride. He says, everyone proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. You know what abomination is? Something despised and hated. You know that sin you thought about that you despise? That's an abomination to you. This says, everyone that's proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Then he says this, pride and arrogance and the way of evil and perverted speech, I hate. God hates pride and arrogance. The Lord tears down the house of the proud. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. By pride comes nothing but strife, and he who is of a proud heart stirs up strife. You know when you and your wife argue or you and your husband argue? You know why you argue? Because that's where strife comes from. It comes from pride. You argue because you're proud. That's why that happens. Do you see a man wise in his own eyes? There is more hope for a fool than for him. More hope for a fool than someone who believes they're wise. Do you ever think you're the smartest guy in the room? You ever feel that way? God says there's more hope for a fool. A man's pride will bring him low, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. God says if you have pride, it will bring you low. 
It is not good to eat much honey, nor is it glorious to seek one's own glory. There's just passage after passage. Look at this one. Let another man praise you and not your own mouth. A stranger and not your own lips. You ever praise yourself? You ever tell people how good you're doing? You ever pat yourself on the back just a little bit? I can remember a TV show when I was young. There was a Michael J. Fox was in it, and he was this successful, capable young man. And he said, I hate to toot my own horn, but beep, beep. <laughs> you know? You ever feel that way? But when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction. This is talking about a man who began as a king of Israel when he was very young. And this man did good things and he destroyed idols and he brought the people back to God. But you know what? God blessed him and he got his heart lifted up and he went and offered a sacrifice that wasn't right for him to offer one time. And God struck him with leprosy and he died a leper. Why? Well, because he had it going on. His heart was lifted up with pride. In the New Testament, there's a story about King Herod. The Bible says that he spoke and the people kept shouting, it's the voice of a God and not of a man. And immediately an angel of the Lord struck him because he did not give glory to God and he was eaten by worms and died. Can you imagine what that must have been like? He's up there speaking and people are, wow, you're just, it's like God speaking. I think I've mentioned to many of you through the years that my father told me the devil will do everything he can to keep you from preaching. But if he sees he can't, he's going to start patting you on the back so hard he'll knock you on your face. This guy, talk about swelling that ego, and he was eaten by worms and died. You see, pride is a terrible, terrible sin problem. Now, do you have a problem with pride? I thought about having everyone raise their hand who thinks they've got a problem with pride. Okay? We've got some people who've raised your hand. Raise your hand if you think you've got a problem with pride. Okay? We've got a, a good smattering of people. I'm preaching to you today. Those of you who didn't raise your hand, I'm preaching more to you. <laughs> You see, the problem with pride and the difficulty in a sermon like this is people who are proud don't think they need taught about pride. If you're thinking about, boy, I hope so-and-so's listening today. <laughs> if you're going, man, I wish they were here. Guess what? You see, pride is a terrible terrible thing to God and it's so difficult to deal with it's so difficult to recognize it's kind of like like bad breath you know you you can kind of try to but everybody knows you got bad breath except you you don't know it but everybody else does and you can sit here and think you're doing well and and it's hard to see pride in yourself pretty easy to see it in other people sometimes so isn't it we all know people that we can see pride in very easily. Why do you think God hates pride so much? 
Why do you think pride is? I mean, in America, we all feel like we need to pat ourselves on the back and, you know, all Facebook is is pages of self-worship, you know. Look at my beautiful pictures. Look at my beautiful vacation. Look at my beautiful family. Look how wonderful we are. And that's, that's what it's mainly about. Instagram and all of those. In America, we feel like everyone needs a trophy so we can feel good about ourselves. Why does God hate pride so much? Well, I believe there's a couple of reasons that I want to mention today. Number one, Isaiah 14 tells us a story about Lucifer. And in the context, this is the king of Babylon. But behind the king of Babylon and everything he does is Satan. And I want you to look at what happens. He says, How you are fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. For you have said in your heart, and I want you to notice what he said in his heart. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation on the furthest side of the north. I will ascend up above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the Most High. He says, I'm going to be like God. You know, that's the devil. That's what the devil is. The devil tried to be God. He wanted the world to worship Him. Remember what He told Jesus? You get down on your knees and worship me and I'll give you the kingdoms of the world. Why? Because the devil wants to be God. He wants to lift himself up. You see, it took pride or pride took the devil and made him who he is today. But you know, it's not just that. In the story of Genesis, do you remember when the devil came and tempted Eve as a serpent? The Bible says that the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. You see, pride is the thing that made the devil who the devil is and pride is the thing that destroyed the relationship between man and God. It wasn't that she wanted a piece of fruit. There was lots of fruit in the Garden of Eden. It was she wanted to be like God. She wanted to be lifted up. Pride. Pride is such a terrible, challenging thing for all of us. So... Do we have pride? Do you have pride? I ask you to raise your hand. Some of you were forthcoming in saying that, that you struggle with that. Listen, yesterday I was meeting with Matt and Yancey, and Yancey said, well, what are you preaching on? And I said, pride, and he just started laughing. <laughs> and he said, well, I didn't necessarily think there was a plan in who was assigned these topics, but why? Because I struggle with pride. Yancey's known me a long time. He knows that about me. He knows that's a struggle of mine. He knows it's a problem. And you know, the obvious way that pride shows up is in arrogance, right? I mean, we all know people. The Bible says everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured he will not go unpunished. 
Arrogance is pretty easy to see. Somebody that you start telling a story and they go, oh, that's nothing, and then they've got their better story. You've met those people, haven't you? Someone who's always going to tell you where they've gone and what they've done and how successful they've been. They've always got this one-up story. They've always got everything going on about me. Oh, yeah. None of us like to be around that, do we? That arrogance. That's pretty easy to see. I've heard sermons that were like that. You know? I've heard guys get up and preach sermons that basically all they did is tell you how great they were in the sermon. That's shameful. Nobody likes that arrogance. But you know, it's not just that. Arrogance, pride, pride doesn't just show up as this big, bold, in-your-face arrogance. Pride is devious. Pride is sneaky. Pride shows up in lots of different ways. Are you a complainer? Why do you complain? Well, I complain because things just aren't fair. I mean, they don't treat us right at work. And I complain because, you know, it, they keep this place so stinking hot or so stinking cold. And, and you know, it's, I'm uncomfortable. And why do you complain? Well, you complain because you're prideful. You complain because you think you deserve better. I deserve them to treat me better at work. I deserve my husband or my wife to respect me or treat me in a certain way. I deserve that police officer not to be rude to me when he comes up just because I was speeding. Or I deserve the same right to have the temperature comfortable for me as anybody else does. A lot of complaining. I'm not saying every complaint, but a lot of complaining is a result of pride. It's because I'm prideful. I'm thinking about me. Well, I can't be prideful. I'm depressed. Now, listen, I'm not belittling depression, but a whole lot of depression is a result of pride. You know, every time I get together with somebody, all I can do is talk about me and how awful my life is and how miserable I am and how unhappy I am and me, 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 I, 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 I. And it's all about me and I just can't get my mind off myself and I can't get my thoughts off my own problems and all I think about is me. And that's pride. That's what that is. And he says, well, I'm not prideful, I'm just quiet. I just don't like to talk a lot. Why are you quiet? A lot of times you're quiet because you're prideful. Prideful. I don't say anything because I just don't want to talk to you. Okay? Somebody shows up at church and they're a visitor, do you go talk to them? You go say, well, you know, I'm just kind of shy. I'm just kind of... Really? Why? You afraid you're going to say something to embarrass yourself? You afraid you're going to not know what to say in the conversation? What is that? That's pride. That's what that is. I'm more concerned about me maybe saying something that embarrasses me than I am concerned about you feeling welcome when you come and visit our congregation so I don't go talk to you. Isn't that pride? Yeah, that's pride. Well... I'm not prideful. I'm just stressed out. 
You ever get stressed out? Why are you stressed out? You know, most of the time we're stressed out because we're prideful. I feel like I ought to be able to control stuff. And you know, it's getting out of my control and I'm trying to handle stuff I can't handle. And I'm trying to control things I can't control. And I say, well, I just don't like the way things are going here and I need to try to fix it. Sometimes you can't fix it. You see, we have another phrase for that. It's called control freak. And some of you understand what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm that way to a large degree. And you know what? You're not God. It's not your universe. Well, I know it's God's universe and God has a way, but I've got my way and I think my way would be better. Maybe. Maybe you've got a better way than God, but you don't have a universe. He's got a universe and it's His way in His universe. It's not yours. You don't control it. You know, you think you control things that fast. Matt was mentioning young lady, 19 years old, brain tumor. You think her parents would control that if they could? You think that's put stress on their family? You think all their plans and their thoughts are different now than they were six You better believe their whole world's different. They may move to Houston. They didn't plan on doing that. Nobody plans on doing that. <laughs> Nothing against Houston, but... <laughs> you see, the reality is we get stressed out because we're prideful most of the time. You might say, well, I'm not prideful. I'm just angry, and my anger is justified. You know how they offended me? They offended me. They treated me wrong and I'm angry about it and they deserve my vengeance. They messed with my kids. They gossiped about my husband. They treated my family bad. And they weren't fair to us. What is that? Well, that's pride. That's exactly what that is. It masquerades as anger. Its fruit is anger, but its seed is pride. Do you pray as much as you should? Do you pray as often as you ought to pray? I don't. Why not? Why don't you pray as often as you should? Well, you know, the Bible says pray, and I, I have a prayer list, and I try to pray two or three times a day and, and I know I get off of it and I forget and you know I, sometimes when we sit down to eat a meal I'm in a hurry you know or maybe we're in the car and we just grab the food and we eat while we're driving down the road and I forget to pray and you know why you don't pray? because you don't think you need to that's why you don't pray because you don't think you need to you know how I know that? because when you need to you know what you do? you pray when you know you need to, you pray. That's the reason I struggle with praying as often as I should or as faithfully as I should because I think i got it under control. Things are going okay. I don't need God right now. I don't need Him to do anything for me. I don't need Him to help me right now because I've got it going on. I'm all right. Maybe not I'm better than everyone else, but... I'm okay. 
And you see, that's just not right. We could go on and on, but the, the reality is pride is the root and the fruit is all of these different things. Are you rude to people? It's because you're prideful. Are you arrogant, selfish, inconsiderate, shy, stressed, angry, jealous, worried, passive, aggressive, irritable? All of those things are usually or often a result of a prideful spirit. So, what is the problem with pride? I mean, we see all this bad stuff it causes. We see, yeah, it was masquerading as a lot of things. It can hide. and it's, That's the reason, all these things we've talked about are the reason it's so hard to see and so hard to realize. But what's the problem? You know, as a Christian, what should be the focus of my life? Well, we all know that, right? We all know that with my life, I should stand here and point you all to that, right? That's what I should do with my life. The things I say, the things I do, I should point you to God. I should point you to Jesus Christ. He should be where I focus the light. But you know what I like to do? There we go. Hey, you know, I'm standing here by Jesus. Check me out. I'm doing pretty good. And I like to do this. You see, that when we talk about it, it's pretty obvious, isn't it? It's pretty simple. And someone goes, well, I don't like to shine the spotlight on me. I like to just disappear. I like to get in the shadows, and I like people not to pay attention to me. When we look at this, you look at self and arrogance. Arrogance focuses strictly on self. I got that spotlight on me, and I want you to notice me. And I don't mind talking about you, 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 you usually, but occasionally I like to talk about me, as the song goes. I want to talk about me, right? But what about somebody with low self esteem? You know, that's a problem in America, isn't it? People got low self esteem. They don't feel like they're as good as everyone else. Well, don't mind me. You know, they never pick me first in sports. In fact, I'm always the last one they pick. You know, they never, I never win anything. You know, I, I don't ever get my way when we have our Christmas holidays and people are deciding what we're going to eat. You know, the most powerful person in a family is the one that chooses the, the menu for holidays, right? I don't ever get that. Who is that person thinking about? It's still about me. It's all about me. And you see, it's the same problem. It shows up and it looks opposite. And that's the reason you'll find so many books written about, oh, this is a problem and that is a problem. But the solution to that is not that. The solution to the problem of feeling bad about yourself all the time is not to hang a note on your door with ten things you like about yourself and look at that every morning and go, I like you. That's not the solution to that problem because it's the same problem, just a different manifestation. So what is the solution? Well, the solution to the problem in Scripture is I look to God. I love God and other people. 
I consider others better than myself and I focus attention in my life with every bit of my life. I want to talk about Him. I want to talk about Jesus. I want to talk about God. You know people like this, don't you? People who most of the time, if you talk to them very long, the conversation goes back to spiritual matters. You know people like that? You know, other people who seem outwardly to be very spiritual that unless you initiate it, the conversation never goes to spiritual things. Why? Well, because our focus is different. Somebody says, now wait a minute, preacher. Are you saying that we don't have any rights? Are you saying that we shouldn't feel good about ourselves? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Here's what I'm trying to tell you. Will the thing formed say to him who formed it, why have you made me like this? Does not the potter have power over the clay? There's a clay man right there. I didn't have any Play-Doh to bring up here to make a man to illustrate this with. But if I took Play-Doh and made a man and set him right here, what rights would he have? Well, that's silly. He's just something you made, right? Would he have the right to demand, listen, you made me, and so you owe me this or that or something? No. I don't owe that thing anything. I can crumple it up if I want. I can wad it up. I can make a ball out of it. I can throw it in the trash if I want to. Because I made it. You know, you didn't exist very long ago. God made you. He owes you nothing. You don't have rights. I know in America we think we have rights. We got the Bill of Rights and all that. We may have political rights with one another, but with God you don't have any rights. You can't make any demands to God. He's God. You have no right to demand anything from Him. You might say, you, you can't seriously expect me to believe that that I have absolutely no rights, that I'm just like a lump of clay. You can't seriously expect me to believe that I'm just dirt and God breathed life into me and that's all I am is just something that God gave life to. Surely I have to believe I am somebody. I have to believe that I am someone better or something better than just nothing. You know... When pride is gone to seed, we believe we have the right to change or challenge God's Word. Things like what we just read. We go, well, I, I just don't think I agree with that. I just don't think that's right. Surely we've misunderstood it some way. Surely there's something different about this. I know that's what the Bible says, but what it really means is have you heard anyone say stuff like that? Yeah. Well, I know it says that, but what he means is, what he's trying to say is, and I can tell you that this is what I think, so surely that's what God meant. I think this, and I know the Bible says that, but surely God meant what I think. Surely he didn't mean something different than I think. You know, the Bible says that a fool has no delight in understanding, but in expressing his own heart. Once again, back to this pride. I don't necessarily want to know what God says, but I want to tell you what I think about it. 
I'm going to tell you what I believe about it. And so we go back to this and we go, well, that can't be right. It can't be right that that's the case. That what's the case? You might say, you know, preacher, people don't do that. I mean, we wouldn't do that, right? I mean, there's none of us who would do that. Acts 2, verse 38 says, repent and be baptized for the remission of your sins. The Bible says baptism is for the forgiveness of sins. Well, we know we're saved by faith alone. I, you know, that's, I know it says that, but that's not what that means. Really. That's just your interpretation. No, it's not. That's what the Bible says. It's in black and white, sometimes red and white. That's what the Bible says. Well, I know, but I, I just don't... I just don't... I think, you know, if you're off in a desert somewhere and we can dream up... Why, why do we do that? Because I don't like what it says. That's why I do that. 1 Corinthians 14. Women be silent in the church, for it is not permitted unto them to speak. Well, that was 1,500, 2,000 years ago. I mean, you know, after 1,500 years, we get a reset, right? I mean, surely that was just a cultural thing. Back then, women weren't educated like they are today. And they spent, that was just in Corinth anyway because those women are just loudmouths and they, they were causing trouble in the church. And, but it's what the Bible says. It's what God says. Now, you may not like it, and you may disagree with it, but it's what God said. Well, I just don't think that's fair. I just don't think that's right. Okay, you don't have to think it's right. It's just what God says. You might say, well, I see that, you know, in the religious world, people do that, you know. It's more than just that, though. Romans 1 says homosexuality is an abomination to God. And not only the people who practice it, but the people who approve of those who practice it deserve judgment from God. It's what the Bible says. Now I've heard people on television say, I'm a Christian, but I think the Bible needs changed. It needs updated to recognize... I mean, how unloving is it to say that people who love each other can't be together? Huh? I don't agree with that. Lots of people don't agree with that. But that's what the Bible says. Think about the arrogance of telling God, no, you're wrong, because I see it different. I think it's different. I think your opinion is wrong, God. I think my opinion is right. Now those were all pretty easy. I knew those would sell good in this crowd. Okay? But you know something, there's some other things that don't sell quite so easy. Matthew 19, he says, if you're a, two believers and you're married, if you get a divorce and marry someone else for a cause other than fornication, you've committed adultery. Someone says, well, now wait a minute. I mean, I, I think there are, there are some other reasons now. And I, I, think, I think God would understand and would recognize some other reasons me too. <laughs> I would think. 
But you know, that's what God said. That's what He said. You don't have to accept it. But that's what God said. Matthew 18, Jesus said, forgive 70 times 7 when somebody wrongs you. Well, yeah, but you don't know how bad they hurt me. I mean, I don't think God would expect me to love someone who did that to me. I mean, God knows how deeply I was hurt. God knows that I don't, I don't have to forgive that. Really? That's what He said. Ephesians 5, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave Himself for it. Well, come on now. I mean, that was written before my wife was even born. <laughs> I mean, surely, what, you want me to just let her crucify me? Is that what you're saying? Surely I don't have to love her like that. Really? It's what He said. It's what the Bible says. Wives, submit to your husbands in everything. For the husband's head of the wife, even as Christ is head of the church. Not in my house. That ain't happening here. I am woman, hear me roar. That's not going to happen in my house. I'm not submitting to no one. That's just old and outdated. That's just antiquated. That's cultural and that's... I know. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying that we get so arrogant that there's something that I'm going to look at in the Bible and I'm going to go, you know, I just don't like that. I don't think I agree with that. And what do you do when you're in that situation? You don't like it and you don't agree with it and you don't think it's right. What do you do? Have you ever obeyed God in something you didn't think He was right on? I mean, have you ever disagreed with something in the Bible and done it anyway just because God said so? If not, I mean, we're talking about pride here. I'm going to lift myself up above the Most High. You know what I'm saying? To, when, when it gets... You know, the stuff we agree with, that's not any problem. It's the stuff we don't agree with where we find out who's on the throne in my life. And it's when I disagree with God about something and I decide, am I going to do what He says or am I going to do what I want? And that's when we decide, that's when we figure out who's on the throne of our life. And that's the problem with pride is I lift myself up above God. You see, you don't get to drag God into your courtroom and judge Him. He drags you into His courtroom and judges you and me. And that's the way it's going to be and nothing we can do will change that. And when I look at this and I go, well, I just don't think that's right. That's not the way I see it about anything in God's Word. You're faced with the question, whose ways are higher? Whose ways are greater? Because His ways are not your ways. You're right about that. His thoughts are not your thoughts. He doesn't think about things the way you and I do. His ways are not our ways. Our ways are vengeance and self-fulfillment and it's not His ways. 
He said this, My thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are above the earth, even so are my ways above your ways, and my thoughts above your thoughts. You see, humility is saying to God, Hey, you are God, and your ways are above my ways, and and I don't like this way, and I don't agree with that way, but it's your way, and you're God, and I'm not... And so I'm going to do anything you tell me to do. And if you tell me to love my neighbor as myself, I'm going to start being friendly to people. You tell me to treat others the way I want to be treated, I'm going to start smiling and I'm going to quit being rude and I'm going to go talk to people that I'm uncomfortable talking to and I'm going to help people that it's really a nuisance for me to help. Because that's the way I want to be treated and that's what you, God, told me to do even though I don't want to do that. I'm going to quit chasing money and I'm going to start chasing the kingdom of God. That's not what I want to do. I want to chase money. But instead of chasing money, I'm going to chase the kingdom of God. Why? Because that's what He said to do. He told me I can't serve two masters. Oh, I think I can. (laughs) I think I can do that. I think I can serve both of you. Let me give it a good good old college try. No, you can't. You see, He's God and we're not. So what do we do? Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Humble yourself before God. Take a knee to God. Tell God, you know what? I've been arrogant and I've been proud and I tried to do things my way and I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit doing things you tell me not to do. And I'm going to quit thinking that I'm smarter than you. I'm going to quit thinking my ways are above your ways. And I'm going to dedicate the rest of my life to doing what you tell me to do because you're God. And you know what? If it offends the whole world that I do what you tell me to do, it's just going to offend the whole world because I don't want to offend you because you're God and you're my judge. And you know, I don't need a Facebook shrine and I'm not picking on Facebook more than anything else, but I don't need a Facebook shrine to be secure because I'm this little Play-Doh man and the God who made me looks down at me and He says, I'm crazy about you. I love you so much I'm going to send my Son to be one of you and to die for you so I can make you a part of my family. And that's secure enough for me. Ought to be. And I don't need accolades. I don't need achievements. I don't need possessions for my security because it comes from God. It's based in Him, you see. Humble yourself in the sight of the Lord. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that He may exalt you in due time. Your exaltation will come from Him and not yourself. King David had sinned and he said, I would bring a sacrifice if you want a sacrifice. But I know there's no sacrifice I can bring. You know, he'd committed adultery and murder. And under the law of Moses, you know what the penalty for adultery and murder was, was death. 
there wasn't a get a ram and bring the ram. And, no, there was no ram to bring for those sins. And David said this, A broken and contrite heart, these, O God, you will not despise. Is your heart broken before God? Are you contrite? Do you look at God and go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not all about me anymore. I'm not going to be all about me. I'm going to be about you. I'm going to point everyone to you. I'm going to quit telling people how good I am and how successful I am and how accomplished I am and I'm going to tell them how good you are and how great you are and how wonderful you are and what you can do for them instead of what I can do for them. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to point people to you. And if it ends up just being me and you, Lord, that's okay with me because I'm just humbling myself before you. Your ways are above my ways. And I challenge you this morning, figure out stuff you disagree with in the Bible and submit. Figure out stuff that you don't think is that way and submit and say, you know what? You are right. Your way is right. And that's what I'm doing. That's humility. That's what humility is. It's truly humbling yourself before God and letting Him make the call. Letting Him make the rules. Following His way. Regardless of what I think ought to be. Just do His way. Just follow Him. And that's what I invite you to do with me today is follow God that way. I'm going to try. This is... It's always good. I always preach to myself, but this one especially. Thank you, Matt, for assigning me this. Um, it's, been, it's been very touching to me to think about this. Don't ever challenge God. Don't ever, don't ever argue with Him, but submit and humble. And if, if you need to humble yourself publicly, that's a wonderful thing to do. I tell you, that is a wonderful thing to do, to humbly, publicly submit yourself to God. That's why we offer an invitation song to allow you a specific time to do that if you want. We're fixing to sing about humbling ourselves in the sight of the Lord. If we can assist you spiritually, make that known while we stand and sing.